everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Thinking Project. I'll keep this introduction short because I want you guys to hear this amazing interview. And I know I say this every time, but I interview some awesome people. And I really appreciate you guys listening, tuning in, and most importantly, sharing this with your friends because that's how the podcast grows. Make sure that you're following me and you're joining the newsletter. The newsletter is on daltonkjensen.com. And you can find me on all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at Dalton K. Jensen. Um, And then, of course, last thing, if you're a business owner and you want to talk business strategy and selling, or if you're a sales consultant or a 1099 employee and you want to get better at selling and connecting with clients and connecting with your boss or things like that, join my empathetic sales training mastermind. You can find that on empatheticselling.com. The link will be in the description below. But without further ado, let me introduce Jay Croft, who is a NFT photographer. He is also a business owner. Uh, I have a lot of his swag. You've seen me wear it. And it was just an amazing conversation. He's a genuine human being. I love these conversations. So thank you so much for tuning in. And with all that being said, let me introduce Jay Croft and make sure you share this with your friends. All right, we're rolling. I'm going to do the same thing too, Jay, by the way. I'm going to get a water. Beautiful. There you go. Freaking these things are crazy. Do you... uh? Do you mess with Liquid Death? Have you ever heard of that brand? I have. Yeah, man. At first, I thought it was like some gnarly energy drink, but <laughs> I thought I had. Go ahead. Oh, it's just gonna. It ends up just some water. You know, Being water. I I, my friends, I drink it, and people think I'm drinking beer. Like I don't drink, so people are like, "What are you doing with a beer, dude?" <laughs> gotcha. No, it definitely looks like a beer. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh shoot, but it's a. They do a really good job with like like branding and stuff. But cool, oh, for sure. Jay. Welcome, my my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. For sure, bro. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, super grateful to be here. Yeah, I'm super grateful you're here. Uh, we met. We we. I, I've been following you on Twitter actually for a while because I love the NFT space. I love your photography. Um, so anytime I'm like, and and I love the stuff that I'm not good at. Like I'm not good at photography or NFTs. So that's why I love it so much because I get to learn and I get to experience like the creativeness with everybody. But I think where we really we really hit it off was that tweet that you had um, about uh, growing up with parents like my mom is Hawaiian. Right. And your dad is African-American. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which everyone no one believes me when I say that. Like, (laughs) what? You're crazy. And then I show him him a picture. They're like, okay, I kind of believe you now. So, yeah, it's an interesting, uh, interesting dynamic. But it really uh, is, dude, because I grew up the same way. Like my my grandpa, like they're all Polynesian. Um, and so like I have my, my Polynesian tattoo and people all the time will go like, why did you get a Polynesian tattoo? You're white. And I'm like, well, I'm actually not, <laughs> but thanks for gotcha. story <laughs> my life, man. No, it's cool that I can, you know, relate to you that way. Cause there's, there's not a lot of us out there. <laughs> yeah. We just, yeah. I'm just like, not, um, you know, it just didn't get whatever. I don't know, but it's cool, man. It's so you get like a, a unique dynamic and yeah, I totally understand that. I totally feel that. hundred percent. So you've got. So as far as I know, you've got, um, you know, you got your photography, you got your e-commerce business, you're heavy into NFTs, but like, tell us, like, take us back. Like, um, you know, you grew up in Washington. What brought you to California? What, what brought you into like this world of like entrepreneur and, and NFTs and and crypto and things like that? For sure, man. I mean, it's a long story, but I can go on for as (laughs) as long as you want, but, uh, as much as you want, bro, go ahead. Yeah, man. So ever since I was like really young, I'd say like 12 ish, 13 ish, I was just fascinated with online business. And the fact that, you know, you can make money in non-traditional ways, like from a laptop, I was always so 
fascinated by that. Um, I grew up in a small town. It's called Tumwater, Washington. It's like okay. next to Olympia. So it's, it's a very okay. small town. And, uh, you know, I just saw like my parents as a teacher or my, or my mom as a teacher. And, uh, you know, she was trying to raise two kids on, you know, a $29,000 salary. And I mm -hmm. saw, you know, my parents' friends going to jobs they didn't like just to, you know, just to work. And uh, I always I always had this thing in the back of my mind, like there has to be a different way. Like there has to be, you know, there has to be another way than just, you know, going to work nine to five, coming home, you know, watching Netflix and repeating. Right. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. when I was really young, it was just drilled into me that like, man, I need to find another way um, to make this work. So I remember I was like I said, 12 or 13. And it's a typical entrepreneur story, but I Googled how to make money online. And uh, I stumbled on this platform called Black Hat World. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm -mm. So it was like the OG internet marketing forum. So it's kind of like Twitter nowadays where people will share like value packed threads and, you know, their methods yeah. for online business. So I found this when I was 13, right? And uh, this was I, another part of you know, a big part of my life is I'm from a massive sports family. So okay. my grandpa was my high school coach, football coach. He's got the most wins in Washington state history. Oh, wow. Um, my uncle, you know, won a Rolls Bowl at USC as a quarterback. My dad played basketball in Australia. My mom was a volleyball coach. You know, my cousin's about to get drafted in the NFL. It goes on and on and on. Cool, cool. And uh, yeah, so I was kind of raised as this, you know, in my mind, I had to be this perfect golden boy and kind of follow this path. So I played quarterback and, you know, I love sports and I, you know, I still yeah. do, but I always had this other interest in like, you know, making money and being, you know, an entrepreneur when I was really young. Um, so long story short, like this has always been in my mind. I was still trying to, you know, play football and all that. And I kind of kept this as a secret, like my little thing that I would go into my cave in my room and, you know, be on Black Hat World all night, like trying to figure out how to make money as a young kid. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I stumbled upon this thread of people who owned Twitter accounts, like themed Twitter accounts, you know? Oh they, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where they would repost, you know, it wouldn't be like a personal account, but it would be, you know, stuff like meme Bible or, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So I was like, wait, people are running these accounts and they're charging for shout outs, blah, blah, blah. And so I, I saw this thread about it and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And ended up getting into that community um, talked to a guy who was like killing it with that. And then I bought my first Twitter account. And so I had this Twitter account that I was running and I was, you know, charging people for shout outs and running that. And eventually what I started doing was buying and selling Twitter accounts. So I would, oh, wow. I would buy an account, clean it up, run it for like a month. And then I'd flip that account. And I, you know, I did that over and over again. And eventually I was like 13, 14, and I became like the guy that people would go to if they were trying to sell a Twitter account. Right. Wow. And so what I ended up doing was middlemanning transactions. So I had like a pool of buyers, a pool of sellers, and I would middleman that transaction and take a fee. Um, and so that's what I did when I was, you know, a freshman in high school, sophomore in high school. No way. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started <laughs> in the journey. And I got connected with all these, you know, all these guys who were into internet marketing. Um, this is a really long story. I'm sorry. I'm no, of, go ahead. Keep going, dude, because this is great. Yeah. So that's how I got my initial start. And it, you know, it was kind of like the wild, wild west, kind of like how NFTs are, where yeah. there was a lot of scams going on. You know, it was hard to vet people. Um, and so there was a lot of scams that happened where, 
you know, deals would fall through. And like, I was just dealing with shady people and it got to a point where I was like, okay, I don't know if I should do this anymore. Um, but what I did notice is most of these people who were running the Twitter accounts, they started making e-commerce brands and using their traffic to, you know, boost their stores basically. And this is when Shopify had like just come out. This is when Shopify was like barely even a thing. Yeah. And, uh, I was 17 now at this point. And I was like, oh shit, people are making Shopify stores and, you know, they're finding products in Alibaba and just, you know, promoting it that way. Yeah. And I went a little bit, bit of a different route. I found a bamboo supplier in China and I had an idea. I was on the lake one day on, in summer and my sunglasses floated to the bottom of the lake. Right. Cause I oh, they okay. fell and dropped in, in the water, whatever. So I was like, there's gotta be like, is there floating sunglasses that exist? And it didn't <laughs> exist. So I hit up this bamboo supplier. I'm like, hey, can you make me a prototype of some sunglass frames? I want to see if they float. And so I'm talking to this Chinese supplier. <laughs> on WhatsApp, and they're like, yeah, we can do that. They send me a picture of these frames that are floating in the sink. I'm like, oh, they actually float. So I had that prototype sent over to me. And then I bought, I think it was like 300 pairs was my first order. Okay. Wow. And I called it Beach Bum Outfitter. So it was a floating oh. sunglass brand. <laughs> Yeah. So I started running that. Um, I did all organic marketing and it was just like, it wasn't crazy, but it was taken off. You know, I was making sales and spending zero in ad spend. Cool. I was just using my network. And back in the day, you could do like follow and follow and all that stuff. Yeah. And so I was running that and I'm a freshman in college at this point. I was playing college football as well at the time. So I have this brand I'm playing college football. I'm packaging orders from my garage. I'm trying to, you know, get good grades and have a social life and all this. So it came to right. the point where, like, I have to choose between my football career or continuing to run this brand. And ultimately, I decided to sell the business. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So I sold 60% of it. So I was going to be a 40% like silent partner. And I was this okay, young yeah. kid. I thought I was going to be collecting these crazy checks, you know, because the, the company that bought me out, they promised me that like I would be in all the sororities and frats across the U.S. because they supplied all the apparel for them. Oh, wow. OK. And they yeah. made all these big promises. And I was like telling everybody like, holy shit, I made it like this is going to be crazy, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, um, they ended up pretty much doing nothing with the brand. It kind of collected dust. All the promises kind of went out the window. Wow. And uh, I was sitting there just like, you know, not sure what to do. Did I they? Did they pay you for the 60% though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I made, uh, it was like, you know, I was 18 years old. So I made like 17 grand. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, then, Still, but yeah. you wanted the residual money. That's why you sell a business. Exactly. And you stay as and a so, side owner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so what happened was, you know, this, I learned so many lessons in this, in this period of time, but, you know, I thought all this money was going to come in. Right. So I, yeah. I started acting lavishly. Like I was traveling and stuff. I bought a car, you know, very stupid decisions. And ultimately, it came to the point where no money came in from that business. So I had pretty much nothing under my belt business-wise at this point. Yeah. And uh, football wasn't going well. I didn't get any playing time. Ended up quitting football as well. Yeah. Um, you know, like the girlfriend I had in high school, she ended up leaving. Like all this stuff happened within a span of two months. Like my childhood dog died. Like all this crazy oh, stuff. No. And uh, yeah, so all that happened and I was kind of left in a point where I kind of went through like an identity crisis, if you will. Sure. And I was like, I didn't have football. I had no business anymore. 
And I was pretty much, you know, I, I was forced to like do something about it. Right. And so this is, this is the time where I was introduced to like meditation and gratitude and law of attraction and all that stuff. Yeah. And in my mind before that, I had, you know, I had thought that like meditating was hippie or like woo woo, like only hippies do that. Right. 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 And so that's what my brand is founded on now is to like demystify mindfulness and what it means to like take care of your mental health. And so I went through this whole mental health crisis. Right. And, you know, meditation and like gratitude and focusing on the positive pretty much saved me and got me out of that position. And that's how I was able to found this brand. That's yeah. when I got into photography um, and the rest is kind of history. So I guess wow. that's a very long story, but that's kind of how I arrived here. And I guess the San Diego part is I just, I always dreamed of like living in California. My uncle's from here or yeah. moved down here. And every time I visit them, like this place is amazing. Like I want to be, I want to be a surfer. Like I want to live <laughs> by the ocean. I want to see palm trees every day. And um, yeah, so I just moved down here and, and made it happen. This is like four years ago and I've been here ever since. So it's been that's, quite the, quite the journey, man. Dude, that's <laughs> dope, man. And you're, dude, that, I mean, there's a lot to unpack in that story that you're for telling sure, people, right? Sure. Because, because it's interesting, you know, at the beginning of the story, you said like you tried to keep your entrepreneurial ventures like as a secret, right? Right. Um, did you keep that from like everybody or did um, were there some friends who? Yeah. I mean, my parents kind of knew about it. They didn't know. I mean, they still don't really know, you know, like yeah. I tried to explain what an NFT is and they're like, what, the, like, what are you doing? You know, um, a few of my close friends kind of knew about it. I, you know, I tried to put them on like, yo, I'm doing this Twitter yeah. thing. And they're just like, what are you talking about? Like we're 13, bro. Like, let's just go BMX and yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I was ashamed or if I just, it was like something I wanted to keep to myself. I don't know why I kind of sure. kept it low key, but yeah, I guess. Um, and then, you know, later in my life, I realized that being, you know, authentic and like putting yourself out there online creates way more opportunities for you. So like, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge advocate for that now, but no, that's no, that's no, I dude. And I love the sweater, by the way. I mean, your Thanks, whole, man. your whole new e-commerce brand is dope. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so then, then um, I think it's interesting. So you, you ended up going in collegiate sports and deciding either like to stay doing football or to move to like the e-commerce world, like entrepreneurial world. And you decided to sell your business. What made you, what made you decide like, well, first of all, like, I think it's interesting that even as a freshman in college or, or however old you were at the time, I think it's interesting that you decided to sell it and not just like give it up. Right. And like, let it kind of fizzle. Right. right? What? Yeah. yeah what, think, tell me that story. Yeah. I think what, <clears throat> what went through my mind there is like the offer that I got was that I would still own 40%. So like, oh, okay. Part of me was like, okay, I can still, you know, retain this business while focusing on football. Cause I still had a dream of like, you know, being this college quarterback and potentially like having a, a career, yeah. you know? Um, and so like, that offer, you know, being a silent partner and still having that brand underneath me kind of, yeah, I think it made sense to me. It's like, okay, I can see how this goes and still play football, you know? And uh, yeah, that's kind <laughs> and of, they just did, and that. they just didn't do anything with it. They just let, they just let it die. Yeah. I mean, the, the most they did, they had this physical store that they put a few in and that was really that's it. They, they did nothing online, you know, like, did they yeah, have like, did they just buy it to, cause some businesses do that. Some businesses just like buy it to kill it. Like a good example of that is like, um, 
Are you? I mean, everybody knows Starbucks, but did you know yeah. um, there's like a there used to be a tea shop called Tavana? Oh, okay. No. I okay, didn't know that. so so it was really cool. It was like it was like Starbucks, but the coffee version of Starbucks. You could get like all these different kinds of tea and like different flavors, and it was like really cool. And then Starbucks bought them. Oh, and okay. shut down all the stores and like you can't find Tavana anywhere. You can't buy it on, on a website. There's wow. no Tavana in Starbucks. I mean, there's like one or two drinks, but Tavana used to be like a big, used to be like a coffee shop, but it was like a tea. It was like, instead of going to a bar or a coffee shop, like you would, Hey, let's just go get some tea like wow. down here in downtown Salt Lake or, or whatever. And uh, now you can't find them anywhere. It's crazy. So it was like a deliberate approach. I never, I mean, Maybe yeah. they did that. I never really even thought of that. Like, that's kind of crazy. Some people do that. Some people are like, ah, we don't want people drinking tea anymore. So Starbucks is going to swoop them all up, buy them, and then pretend like it, there was no market. I'm like, are you kidding me? We would go there every weekend. The place would be packed. Right. There'd be lines outside waiting for this tea, right? Yeah. I don't insane. know if that was their intention, but um, yeah, ultimately it just, you know, whatever I thought was going to happen didn't. And so didn't. You know, I was kind of at a crossroads. Um, but yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, interesting that you that you mentioned the word like the phrase crossroads, and then mentioned that that's where you find gratitude and law of attraction and mindfulness and all these things. What what drew you to that, right? Because I mean, crossroads is a perfect analogy. You're either gonna like get pissed and you know what I mean, and and exactly. find a lot of anger, or like find peace. Yeah, and, like just realize life happens and move on. Right. right. And I mean, I did go. Th- I went, did go through, you know, the anger part. Well, yeah, anger. I think we all do, but, oh, well, but I think we all do, but like, eventually you got to make like a permanent decision almost, right? Like, am I going to exactly. let this be pissed exactly. or am I going to go? Yep. So I think I went through, you know, kind of both of that, but I think I was at a point where, you know, I really had no choice except to like look internally. Cause you know, I was someone who, you know, it seemed like everything was good for me always, you know, like obviously yeah. I grew up with struggles, you know, we were, we, didn't have a lot of money, you know, my parents divorced, all that stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it felt like I could do like, you know, I was kind of invincible in a way and it was super egotistical. You know, I didn't have a big ego, but like, that's how I thought, like anything I can do, I can make happen. And like, I got humbled really quick, you know, going through that. And so I was just at a point where like, you know, I had to look inward because I was living outward all my, you know, my whole life, I was just living outward. And so I got to a point where I had to look inward. And I remember, I think I, like went on YouTube and saw the secret. I don't know. It's like a super cheesy. Oh yeah. The see, Yeah. It's like uh Oprah Winfrey's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I found the secret and I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. You know? And I, yeah. I watched that whole thing. And, um, and then I was like, Whoa, like this is, this is dope. So I, I just went deeper. I started reading a ton of books. Yeah. Um, I got into Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you've seen his stuff. Um, I, it sounds really familiar, but I don't, yeah. Think I- yeah. yeah, he's like a really good um, philosopher, but he, he puts like science behind it. And yeah, I just oh, started cool. diving. Yeah, I just started diving into these books on like meditation and law of attraction and the power of the mind and, you know, all yeah. that stuff. And uh, I kind of got sold on it, if you will. And I just it, it changed my life. You know, I started going inward and like my outwardly experience changed. Yeah. And so I wanted to share that with people through a brand because, you know, when I was like, conceiving this brand i had seen that there was very like spiritual brands who were super like woo woo and very out there super like psychedelic vibes you know yeah and then there was these streetwear brands that were the opposite like it was demonic or like you know very like edgy stuff yeah and so i kind of wanted to bridge that gap so it kind of looks like an edgy streetwear brand but it has a positive message so i wanted to kind of be like 
a black sheep in the streetwear. <laughs> um, that, so that's no, how no. I conceived the idea, I guess. Yeah, no, that's really cool, man. I really like, I really enjoy it. Well, the whole brand is really cool. And you know, it's funny, like, um, it, it's just like, we kind of have like, I think we are like drawn to, to each other, like, because we just have these ideas that if you can like change your thoughts, you know, and it doesn't have to be like weird, like you, right. can, you can have like normal people and be like, Oh no, like meditation, law of attraction for sure. Absolutely. Because yeah, my whole thinking project is based around that. Like you just got to like open your mind and like expand yourself and, and really understand like what's going on. And then you, and then things start to happen, right? Things start to yep. succeed. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, exactly. So how do you find, I mean, you talked about gratitude um, and all these things. How do you stay in like a grateful mindset? Like what are some things that you do to stay grateful? Yeah. Um, I mean, some days it's hard, right? Like we're human, you know, shit happens. <laughs> it can be tough, but I think like the root of what keeps me stoked is like, I woke up today, like literally the most simple things. Like, yeah. dude, like I could, like if I find myself in, you know, a place of lack, I just think like, man, I can, I can walk, I can talk, I can see like, you know, the small things. I got food in the fridge. I have a roof over my head, clothes on my yeah. back. Like I literally, if, like I said, if I'm ever in a, in a mindset of lack, I just think of the most simple things that I take for granted. And that always like grounds me and centers yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and like the fact that I'm in here looking at palm trees out of my window, like just, <laughs> you know, just small things like that. Um, I think that's what I go back to. Yeah. Uh, and I also do, you know, like a gratitude meditation every single morning. Um, so before I actually like sit there and try to be present, I go through what I'm grateful for, um, you know, just in my head. And then yeah. um, after that session, I go into, you know, like a, a future tense gratitude session. So I'll say like, I'm grateful now that because it like, oh, yeah, programs my mind that it's already happened. And so um, that's yeah. another thing that helps me is I have like a whole gratitude meditation routine. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing that most people can practice and something that's valuable to everybody is just thinking of the simple things, man, because yeah. it, it's truly like the small things are are huge in the grand scheme of things. So, no, yeah. that's that's dude, that's perfect. I mean, because it. It really is just about those small things, because I, I rode I I I watched a video on gratitude and there was like a shaman or, or he was um, some Buddhist. I can't remember, but anyway, he's describing gratitude and he was like, you know, true, true gratitude is, are things that are like given to you freely, like that you didn't mm. earn. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's so true. And, but I feel like I take that one step further because I really feel like a lot, everything that, that like, and I call it like nature and, and, you know, that fate brings to us is nothing that's earned. Like the good stuff we didn't really, you know, the good stuff just comes and like the bad stuff just comes. Right. Like, right. And it's didn't, borrowed. I think the big part yeah. is it's borrowed. Right. 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 And, and like, cause, cause I, I, I say that to people, like if there, if there's a really hardship in your life, like I, I do believe in accountability and responsibility, but it's also like, it, I take that even a step further. It's like, yeah, we're, we're responsible. We're accountable for like fate right now and like what we do with it and how we handle it. And while it may have been some of our actions that put us in this mess, like it will be our actions and our responsibilities that get us out of this mess. Dude. You know what I mean? So it's like, yes. that's it. Right. Thousand percent, man. Thousand percent. Yeah. I, to I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So tell me now, um, 
because you're going through, uh, you know, your new e-commerce brand. So what happened when Beach Bum Outfitters died, essentially, right? Like, you know, whatever happened there. Um, and then, and then your new e-commerce brand, like what made you want to come onto the new e-commerce? Yeah. Um, so after that happened, I, what did I do? I'm trying to think back. I've, I've done so many things. <laughs> You've done so many um, things, dude. Yeah. So after that, I got into like social media management. Um, so okay, I, was yeah. doing, I was doing like freelance social media management. Um, so and, like creating content, posting it, coming up with campaigns, right. things like that. Yeah. 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 So I was doing that here and there, like trying to support myself through college. Sure. Um, ended up graduating college. And then when I moved down to San Diego, I ended up, I, you know, I wanted to kind of be secure and I kind of threw the entrepreneurship thing out the window for a little bit. Cause I knew yeah. that, you know, I had to get my foot in the door somehow. And, you know, I've, I've never wanted to work in an office. Right. But it was, yeah. it was at a point where I knew I had to do it for a little bit, but I still, you know, in the back of my mind, knew right. That it's I a means to, to an end. Yeah, exactly. It was a means to an end. Yeah. Um, so after I graduated college, I moved down here and I was the in-house social media manager manager for Blender's Eyewear. It's like a big sunglasses company. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, so I did that for nine months, I think it was. Okay. Um, and after that, this, this is a crazy story. This would take like <laughs> hours. But after that, this like Amazon guru guy contacted me, right? He's like, hey, okay. I've heard you're, a social, you're really good with social media and, and digital marketing, blah, blah, blah. He flies out, picks me up in like a chromed out Tesla. It's a really long story. Anyways, he <laughs> offers me a job. I end up taking that job and I'm like traveling around with him. He's, you know, he's like ultra rich. That ended up being like this crazy story where it was basically a facade. Like everything that yeah. he had promised me was completely like fraudulent. Like all this stuff happened. So I was there for three months. And after all that, of that happened, all of that happens in three months. That's cool. Yeah, man. Wow. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> the story's way more in depth. I don't know if I want to go into it, but no, uh, whatever you're comfortable with, man, as much, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Well, ba you know, basically you just ended up being one of those gurus who sells courses, who isn't actually like, you know, offering value, just oh, treating yeah. bad, you know, yeah. um, it's not a guy I wanted to associate myself with. So, okay. Okay. I ended up parting ways with him. Yeah. So I ended up parting ways with him. Um, and that's when I founded the brand mindful society. It was actually yeah. on the, I was in Puerto Rico with him and right, you know, we had split ways and it was on the flight home where this idea popped in my, in my mind. And I started, I made like a whole business plan on this flight. Oh, home. that's dope, man. Yeah, man. It was really cool. And so it just, it just all clicked. It was, it was like a divine experience. It was kind of crazy. So that's I cool. get back yeah. So I get back to San Diego and I just started working on this brand. Um, I launched a Kickstarter for it. We raised $10,000 um, in 30 nice. days to start it. Yeah. So, you know, we raised 10 grand. I was able to like get our first order in. I got a trademark and all that stuff, which, you know, propelled me into doing it. And it's still, I'm, it's a very slow grind, man, because sure. I'm doing like all my packaging in-house I don't want to go the print on demand route. So I'm like, I know it's going to be a slow route, but it's like, it's something that I see as being like my passion project till I, till I croak basically, you know? Yeah, so, dude. I think that's, I think that's so what, what made you not want to do print on demand? Yeah. So I did try a few different print on demand shops just to like see the experience. And I, I couldn't find any that had the 
like experience that I wanted because I want to have like okay. custom mailers. I want to be able to put my personal touch on, you know, the notes, like personal notes and stickers and all that. And none of those shops really offer that. Like if you if you were to order something on print on demand, you would get like a blank plastic mailer and the tag would still be on like, you know, oh, and so yeah. I just I really wanted to customize that experience because I think that's what you know retains customers and you know builds yeah. a community is that experience yeah and yeah so, for sure yeah and so now i've got like i've got custom labels and you know i have my custom mailers and all that stuff and so i just really wanted to own that part of the process and so that's yeah. why i chose to do that um so yeah that's cool i remember having that same experience like when i started selling i did a in 2020 this is also a long story um, okay. In 2020, I started like a, a CBD brand with a couple partners. Oh, and we, yeah. And we got our first um, customers. And I at, at first I was just sending the CBD and like nothing. It was just we would just throw the bottles in there and ship them out. Right. And I, one of my buddies bought the CBD and he goes, dude, where's my like, thank you note? Like, where's the card, bro? And I'm like, exactly. I'm like, oh, shoot. Yeah, you're right. So then we go on Canva and I make like a cool little thing on Canva and then yeah. have them mailed to me. And I, and he buys it again and I send him a card and I'm like, what's and, and a little extra bottle for the, he's like, bro, this is it. This is what's up. And, yeah, uh, and so the, the funny thing is the brand ends up failing because none of the partners are wanting to be involved as much as they thought they wanted to be. But, uh, but what was cool is I remember also watching a video of Gary V, um, okay. putting in like somebody ordered wine and they sent him and obviously like you get their name and everything. Right. So somebody bought him, somebody bought some wine. They did some research on social media and found out that he was like, whatever, and, and gave him like a gift, like sent him wine with a gift. Okay. And like ended up that ended up helping out a ton with his sales. So I ended up doing that with like a few people and it like massively helped our sales. And I was like, wow. that's it, man. I'm like, that's what's up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's it's really the like like I said earlier, the small things, man, even in business, like yeah, those minute details can really like make or break a customer relationship, I think. Right, um, right. And um, yeah, so I just always wanted to, to own that process. And even though it's cost me a ton of scalability and like, you know, because with the, with the print on demand, it's unlimited, right? You can run ads for as long as you want. Like there's no middleman, like, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just a choice I made, like knowing that this is something I'm going to work on for life. Um, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want it to be because another part that I left out of my story is I, I did a bunch of drop shipping, right? And I was never really oh, okay. crazy successful with it. But every time I would create a new store and like list these Alibaba products, right? It didn't fill me up at all. Like it was like completely monetary, right? It was like, yeah. I'm just going to post this drop shipping store. And like, basically, I don't care about the product. I don't care about any of that. Uh, and That's so, a great point. Yeah, that's a great yeah, point. Yeah, man. And so I just didn't want to have any of that, you know, vibe with, with this brand because it's something that I'm like public about. It's something that. I want to be like associated with me, you know, for the rest of my life. So it's, yeah. I guess I'm just taking the the long game with, with this one. Well, no, that's great though, because a few things that I just learned while, while you were talking was like, you know, the, a company's brand is really about the experience like before, during and after. And, yeah. and the other thing is like, I was just having a conversation about this at work uh, like yesterday, in fact, I think. And it was this guy, he'd heard a lot of my podcast episodes and he was like, I want to do like drop shipping and all these things. And, 
and and I go, yeah, but dude, like that's first of all, it's like really hard to drop ship. If you want to be successful, it's mostly ad driven. Like you're not really looking for your friends or family to buy these products. Like right for the most part, right? Um, and what you said, right? Like it's interesting that you pointed that out. It's like you don't really love this. Like the the second it gets hard, you're out because it's not you. Exactly, man. Exactly, and that's you know that kind of came that came to that conclusion is like. I want to be, you know, life short. Like I don't, I want to be working yeah. on things that, you know, fulfill me. And I yeah. found myself like, you know, doing like doing these beauty products from China and stuff. It, it was just, it wasn't me at all. You know, it was just right, like, right. oh, I'm trying to be some, just trying to be somebody I'm not, you know, I wanted to yeah. be this like dropship hustler and, you know, take <laughs> screenshots of my Shopify dashboard and shit. And like, that's not, <laughs> you know, that's not me at all, man. And so right. Right. Um, well, I'm taking the yeah. long this, like, it's still not my full time income or it's not supporting me yet like it's all going back into the business mm-hmm. and so what i have been doing to support me is me and my girlfriend she's also like a creative badass and cool. uh we have a creative content agency where we do uh photography and videography for e-commerce brands so that's kind of what's supporting me as well as like the nfts and crypto stuff yeah um, dude. while i build this so it's, it's nice that i have a skill that i can kind of lean on while i try yeah. to build stuff as well and dude, everybody needs a creator. I heard Mark Cuban talking about, or was it Mark Cuban? Or was it uh, the other guy, Mar- uh, Kevin O'Leary? I think oh, okay. it was actually Ke- Kevin O'Leary was like, he's like, I used to tell people to go to school for engineering. Now I tell them to go to school for like being a creator. He's like yeah. a content creator because every brand needs videos, especially like good videos. Like if you can get a great video and great pictures, like that's what people buy. Yep. A thousand percent. Yeah. We've, we've had a lot of fun with it, man. Like, um, so a little backstory on that. She was also like an in-house social media manager at another uh, e-commerce brand here in here in San Diego called okay. Fresh Babies. Yeah. Um, and we were both in the jobs at the same time. So I was a social media manager at Blender. She was at Fresh Clean Teas. And after that whole Amazon guru thing happened, um, <laughs> she, you know, she wasn't happy in her job. And so we were like, okay, what do we both love from our jobs? And what like how can we package this into a business that we can run together? Right. Yeah. And she loved the content creation side of it. She worked with all the photographers and videographers. She would go to the shoots and like, you know, set up the props and hire the models and all that. Yeah. And what I loved at blenders was, you know, curating social media feeds and creating content. Yeah. And so we were like, all right, we're going to quit our, you know, she was going to quit her job and we're going to team up and do this. And at first it was kind of slow, but, you know, we got our first client. He referred us to another client. He refers to another guy. We started doing, you know, like sending like 30 to 50 DM out, you know, cold DMs a day. Yeah. And cold DMs. Kind of from there. And now we've got a couple on retainer. Um, and yeah, man, we're, we're super busy at the moment. So it's been about a year or so. Cool. Since we started doing oh, that. Dude. Maybe, maybe a year and a half. I, I don't know. My, yeah, my life's cool. I'm so shot. Um, <laughs> well dude when you when you got yeah. all the mine too bro like when you got all the all the stuff going on and and you're and you're succeeding on every front because you're because then you're selling your your nfts like what made you as a well first of all like nfts for photography is like revolutionary i don't know why if you're not a photographer and you're not doing if you're a photographer and you're not doing nfts to sell your work i don't know what dude exactly man i've told so many people who are still on instagram i'm like yo get on Twitter, like get into this community. This is, you know, this is a crazy opportunity. And yeah. bro, I appreciate you copping one of my pieces. That, oh that yeah, dude, me. absolutely. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Sorry, I got lost. What was your question again? 
Right. What made you what made you decide to end up going into NFTs for for your photography? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had been into crypto back in like 2017. Not really into it. I heard about it. I bought a few right. things, sold them early. I don't like to think about it. It's crazy what I would have made <laughs> if I kept it anyways. Um, but so anyways, I was introduced to crypto in 2017. Uh, okay. Kind of push it to the side. You know, I looked into it a little bit, thought it was a little weird, but it was cool. Yeah. Um, got distracted with other things. And then 2020 came around. And um, this is obviously when like Bitcoin and Ethereum started to make some noise. Yeah. Um, and I bought some Bitcoin, got like heavy into the Bitcoin community um, and just kind of fell in love with like the crypto scene. Um, and so I was in the crypto scene on Twitter, of course. This is when I was like, you know, on Twitter, just like tweeting my thoughts, trying to add value whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. And I had seen, you know, some photographers come out with NFT collections and there was very few, like, you know, I can probably count on one finger how many photographers uh, were doing this. And I right. can't remember who it was, but I stumbled upon a, like a photography NFT collection on OpenSea. Okay. And I was like, Wait, what the hell? Like this dude selling his photos on the blockchain? Like what, like, what is this? Yeah. So dude. Doing, yeah. So I was like, so intrigued. I was like, wait, like, people bought this for Ethereum and now they can resell it. Like what? I was just like, so <laughs> mind blowing. So I pretty much, I was like, babe, like I, I can't do anything right now. I got to go. And I dove dude, like dove deep in the rabbit hole, you know? And I was yeah. on YouTube. I was on Twitter. I was, you know, watching video after video about what an NFT is, you know, how it works, what the blockchain is, what is open How do I mint a photo? All that stuff. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I just did my research and I was like, oh, shit, I'm sitting on like, you know, 100 plus photos. And um, I just kind of sent it. I was like, all right, I'm going to yeah. figure out how to mint a photo, uh, created my first collection, launched it on Twitter and it sold out. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, so that completely sold out. Uh, it was just I was like mind blown. It felt like a movie, you know, it was like it was crazy. Right. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to build on this momentum. I launched my second collection. That one sold out as well. Um, and, you know, recently it's become a lot. This is like, like I said, it was very unsaturated when I first started. Yeah. So, you know, I was able to get like a lot of, I guess, viewership in the market. Um, now it's pretty saturated. And, you know, I've kind of like used a, a lot of my ammo of like the photos that I was sitting on. So I haven't been able to come up with like a new collection in a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how I initially got into it. And I've just been, you know, introduced to, to a lot of cool people in the community and, you know, continue to try to, to try to make a name for myself in the NFT space. Um, yeah. I guess that's kind of the story about how I got into it. No, that's cool though. And your pictures are dope. Like that, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying though. It's like, if you're a, if you're an artist or creative, you need to be doing stuff on like Ethereum because it's just like, you know, this, this is how we like get paid for what we do. The no more starving artists. Like this is exactly. how we get paid, you know, exactly. Like, and, and people it's, should, you know, you should. Yeah. It's so obvious because, you know, back in the web, I like to say like web two versus web three, right? Like yeah. web two, man, people are, are vultures for your stuff. Like, you know, hotels sure. will post your, your photos with no credit or, you know, they'll even like use your stuff in ads without even contacting you. Right. And, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like for the most yeah. part, you can tell them like, Hey, you can pay a lawyer and be like, well, cease and desist. And, and then they just take it down. But like, you didn't get any 
credit for it anyway. Like there's no money in, but like, exactly. And what are you going to do? Are you, what are you going to do? Fight holiday in like I can't <laughs> fight holiday in. <laughs> exactly, man. So yeah, I think this is just opening up a whole new world of opportunities for, for creators. Um, and that's something that I want to do long-term. Like obviously I have so much going on and I yeah, need sure. to like focus cause I feel spread <laughs> thin, you know, which, yeah. but eventually I do want to, you know, like create informative, valuable, even like YouTube videos of how to get into this yeah. as a creator, because I feel like, you know, the people I have talked to, they're like, dude, I just don't understand this. Like I can't wrap my mind, my, my mind around it. Um, and people aren't really willing to go there. Like if, if they don't understand something, they're just going to write it off and not really explore right. it again. And so right. I want to be like a resource that I can really dumb it down for them. So that's something I'm yeah. thinking about doing, you know, in the next whatever year or so, like trying to be a presence that, that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, the opportunity is just, it's insane. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, bro. Um, no dude, good for you. I mean, you're crushing it. I I'm, I'm you, was really like excited when we connected. I, I always get, dude, I'm, I'm always like, I'm, I'm always so humbled. Like at the people that <laughs> I meet with this podcast. Cause I'm like, this is so freaking cool. I'm yeah. Like, no, this is awesome, dude. You know, I tell people, like I told people today, like, dude, I'm interviewing Jay Croft. They're like, who's that? I'm like, well, go on Twitter, bro. What are you talking about? Who's that? I say that's, <laughs> that's awesome, like, dude. Because it's so hard. Like the number one question I get asked on my podcast is like, "Have you interviewed? Like, have you interviewed anyone famous?" And the question used to like get me down, but now yeah. I'm like, now I just answer like, "What do you mean by famous?" Like, because I've interviewed a lot of really awesome people, right? You know? And uh, so it's, but it, but it's really cool, dude. So I appreciate you being here, dude. I appreciate you taking the time. Dude, thousand percent, man. No, I've, I've had a great time, man. And if you ever want to, you know, chop it up off off the video, like I'm always down, dude. <laughs> we'll do that for sure. But, but hey, before we go, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your, uh, you know, if if people are listening to this in Cali, how can they get a hold of your social media stuff? Like, like what's going on? Tell everybody where you're. Where yeah, find absolutely. You. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. So my Twitter is at Mr. J Croft um are you gonna put like little subtitles yeah yep i will <laughs> yeah put, when 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 it goes live i'll put all the descriptions there for sure all right solid yeah so twitter is at mr j croft um instagram is j underscore croft and uh my brand is shop mindful society.com shop mindful society.com all right bro yeah dude that's awesome man well hey thank oh, you yeah. so much for being here bro absolutely thank you man